Like, did you figure out my microphone or do you need me no, to keep talking? No, you're still quiet. Okay. Mm. Which is weird because you're not. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, well, well, look who's inside again. We're covering Bo Burnham's Netflix special, Inside. We talk about his other specials as well and dig into the songs. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I am your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Tim Wick. I am auto-tuned. And Nick Glover. I'm just just speaking. Just hello. Mm, that's very good. That, that was the, the reason that they are just speaking and also yet auto-tuned is because we are going to talk about the latest Bo Burnham special, Inside. Inside. And this is available on Netflix. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's going to be able to get spoiled necessarily, but it is really, really funny. And I think it's better to watch it without people telling you about it. We might tell you some jokes or That's, give away some jokes. Yeah. And yeah. you've probably already heard a lot about it because it's being talked about a lot. Uh, I will say uh, Nick and I have been huge Bo Burnham fans for the last 10 years at least. And and you, if you can, watch his other specials leading up to watching Inside. Side. Uh, what? Uh, words, words, words. Yeah, words, uh, words, words is happy. first, then what, then make happy. Yep. Yeah. And so if you can get your hands on watching those, I uh, believe make happy and we're, and uh, what are both on Netflix. They're both on Netflix. Words, words, words is hard to find. I could not find it. Yeah. So if you uh, if you have Comedy Central, I'm pretty sure you can watch it. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, it's, it's tough. But uh, they do build on each other, which we are going to talk about in this episode. So yeah. uh, that said, let's start with talking about Inside, because that is the, I would say it's a bit of a zeitgeist right now yeah uh it very yeah. hit a hit a very strong chord with people who suffer from anxiety depression even just pandemic depression which i think hit everybody a little bit yeah um the it is a special it is uh directed filmed written and edited and starring bo burnham uh completely by himself inside his apartment over the course of a year and and so and he turned 30 while making this. Yes. So, I mean, he's been doing these specials and, and kind of having this high degree of, of creative control over his stuff since he was, you know, 19 or 20 or whatever. He started when he was 16 yeah, making his own videos on YouTube. And uh, uh, he was, he, yeah, he was basically TikTok before there was TikTok to yes. some degree. He did a lot of Vines uh, and and did a lot of, of YouTube videos. He became pretty uh, infamous, I'd say, for being like a, a rap, lots of raps that had a lot of clever wordplay and were filthy and also touched on social issues, race, gender, politics, things like that. Um, but, you know, he was just a, as he has even said himself, he was just a dumb kid making videos in his room and inside really explores how he's come through that. So inside, he's a dumb adult making videos in his room. That's kind of what he says, yeah. <laughs> so, Tim, you you didn't have any experience, really, with Bo Burnham before watching Inside. I mean, I've, I've I mean, seen some of his stuff, but but not not much. So Inside yeah. was, was uh, for me, you know, Inside wasn't about watching a Bo Burnham special. Inside was a wa- about watching somebody who was basically creating a, a work of art about 2020. Hmm. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and 
having gone back and watched some of his previous work, I can see where this is a progression from where he came from. But at the same time, it also was perfect that it was a progression from where he came from because oh, yeah. because I think that uh, it it certainly connects to his earlier work. But as somebody who is, as we all are, performers mm-hmm. who have been stuck inside a room performing for a year mm-hmm. as he and I, I don't realize some of you know the, the important thing to, sit, to realize is some of what he's showing is fictionalized it's not real Bo Burnham being stuck in a room for a year right. but it is exploring the the way that that feels and exploring um how that affects people with mental illness and mental illness is something that has affected all three of us in this, this room to some mm-hmm. degree or another, I believe in our lives. So that, that made it, I think a really important touchstone. And, and that's where I think it, it reached more people than some of his other stuff may have reached because it, it reached us at the perfect time. Yes, I, I would say I agree with that, Nick. So, did how did you feel about Inside? Did you think that it was, did did it did it feel to you like it was about twenty twenty? I I well, I mean that's something I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah, actually, really, I mean, to some other de- than the Inside part, to, to some degree, certainly. I also definitely think this is a natural progression of you know the themes he's he's explored in his in his mm-hmm. comedy. I think that also I think he notes this during Inside. Um, he stopped performing after Make Happy. He was on tour. He was having anxiety attacks in the middle of his show. And his shows live are what we would see on Netflix, basically. Everything is timed and controlled and planned to the second. To the second. So if he has a, an anxiety attack in the middle of a show, everything is thrown off course dramatically. So he... And that and his general frustration with the performer-audience relationship... Um, and how he um, is fed by that and resents mm-hmm. that at the same time, uh, and stopped performing. And I think that him finally coming to terms with that and wanting to perform is also a really big part of this um, yeah. this special. It's you know, it's I think if we wouldn't have gotten inside during a pandemic, we would have gotten inside, and it would have been sixty percent the same. But, but less of a but, touchstone, right? Yeah, yep. Tim. I think it's really interesting because I think it's. I think you're right. I think this is a really good like comedy, or I mean, even almost. It's practically a film in a way, you know, about about 2020. But it's great. It doesn't mention coronavirus. It doesn't mention politics. It doesn't the, the election. Like it doesn't talk about any of that. It it just talks about what it felt like to be to be trapped. And everyone was trapped for at right. least a few weeks. Everyone in the yeah. world spent at least a few weeks unable to go anywhere. And and maybe Bo Burnham is trapped in a different way than, than mm-hmm. we are all trapped. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I say, as a performer, yeah. boy, I mean, I could sure see that whole I'm performing and there's nobody out there to laugh at me. And even if, even if you know, Bo has, has voluntarily not been performing on stage for five years, he still talks about telling jokes and nobody laughing at them. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so certainly I think that that hit me on a personal scale. But I think that there were there were bits in there that hit everybody on a personal scale, you mm-hmm. know, talking about FaceTiming with his mom. And, yeah. <laughs> and you know, yes, it's a little bit about oh my god, dealing with my parents is awful, but it's a little <laughs> bit about I mean, that's what I was doing with most of the people I knew. Yeah. Yeah. For for the 
for over a year. I also think too it's it's what I I think is really interesting about it is that he 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 talks he's talked before about how the Bo Burnham that is his stage persona is a lot like how we talk about ourselves with vilification tennis. It is a more arrogant uh, version of himself that's dialed up a little bit. It's everything about him normally that's dialed up a little bit and a little more arrogant about things. Uh, uh, he has this bit. Uh, I don't remember if it's words, words, words or what, where he says, you know, people will say to me, you know, oh, ever since you got a comedy special or everything, you know, you think you're so big and you think you know, I'm not I'm not like that. I'm not arrogant. You know, I, I don't think I know everything. I don't. Anyway, here's a song about what it's like from God's perspective. <laughs> and it's just like this, like, you know, very. And so it's like he he plays with that idea a lot. And I think inside is probably very similar in that. Yes, it was really bad and it was really awful for his mental health. But, you know. You know, he's obviously deliberately filming himself laying in a nest of blankets, you know, talking into a, into a microphone like this. I don't know if it's going to pick up, but like really close to a microphone so that it's all like distorted and just being like, I don't even know why I'm doing this, guys. I don't even know what this is for. Obviously, that was intentional and then left in, right? It wasn't right. like he decided. It wasn't like someone else. It's not docu- candid. It wasn't a documentary yeah. someone made of him, right? Yeah. 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 It's all yeah, it's self-selected. All it's yes. all it's all designed. There's what? there's there's a progression of the mess in the room mm-hmm. from the beginning of the special through the end. There's a progression of facial hair. There's a progression of just the the look on his face, mm-hmm. the exhaustion or the or the depression or whatever you want to you want to say. It's just like it is intentionally designed to give us a feeling of his journey mm-hmm. from one end of this thing to mm-hmm. the other. Agreed. Um, he, if you, I mean, as you'll see in any of his other specials, uh, everything in them is completely deliberate and scripted. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are several instances in past specials where he seemingly makes a mistake and nope it was all choreographed and the response to that mistake is choreographed he has a he has a part in make happy where he's really trying to drive that home and he's actually like berating the audience for falling for it and and there's a bit where he's like you know like like it's like and then like a, a he he trips and they're like, he's like, oh, and then a recorded thing comes on that's like, he meant to do that, he meant to trip, everything you see, art is a lie. And it's just like, that's his, like, I feel like that's been his main message from the beginning, honestly, with these specials is, this is a lie. Everything yes. you see up here is a lie. I am lying to you. You pay me to lie to you. I lie to you because I like attention. I am making things up. I am wearing makeup. These are lights. I there's a, He has this one song where he's like, I uh, I could have fed a family for of four for forty fortnights, but I had to have my name in lights. So that's why the budget for this show is insane. And he's like, you know, with that money, I could have done real good, but instead, I spent it on myself and made a show. You know, and like it's it's very. He's had that feeling about what art is for a long time, and, and that is he, very yeah. He's critical in his songs about art too. Um, the two that stand out in my mind are. Uh, is the one about love songs. Yeah. Uh, repeat stuff. Yeah. Uh, the one about like One Direction and yeah. teen pop mm-hmm. songs. Yep. And then uh, the country song. Yeah. Where, you know, he's just basically saying words like pickup truck. Uh, yeah. And, and talking about stadium New country. country. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, it's... He's, well, he's making fun of, of sta- what he calls stadium yeah. country. Yeah. Right. And it's, um, it's just that, again, like it's that art is an illusion. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a pipe. 
Like, yeah, this this guy who tells you that he's a down home guy with a pickup truck and a dog just made you know two billion dollars. Right, and he flew to this concert on a private jet. Yeah, right. yeah, and just like that, you know. Uh, Bo Burnham is a comedian and a performer and a songwriter, but also like he's just some fucking guy. Yeah, and and yeah. that is uh, always kind of been a, a theme in his comedy. And I think in Inside it got even darker yes. because it was like. I am here for you. I am telling these lies for you, the audience. So why am I even doing if there's no audience? Like you were saying, Tim. And like that whole idea of, I love the song uh, with the chorus, uh, Oh God, like how can you be joking at a time like this? Which really resonated with me about doing Ville shows, which we started doing right away. I mean, we started doing our online shows basically like right away at the beginning of April. And and kept going as the death toll rose, as, you know, people we knew got sick, as some of us lost people we knew. And and it's that whole like, oh, my God, you know, how can you be joking at a time like this? Is it OK to be joking at a time like this? Should I even be telling jokes? And it's like if I'm just throwing these jokes out into the ether and I'm not even getting a, an audience response or a laughter, I'm not even getting the attention that I've always said I need. And that's why I do this. What is the point? And like, I really think that that exploration is was really great and and very deep. Yeah, uh, there's the the depth too inside is really uh, remarkable. And it, I, somebody and I I don't remember a friend commented that they felt at times it was self indulgent, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> well, that's fucking theater, man. Yes, theater is fucking self indulgent, and and I think that the 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 trick to this is that he knows it's self indulgent. Yes. He, he's, he's effectively saying, I need to keep doing this Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and it, it feeds me in some way. And, and again, isn't that something that all three of us especially can, can relate to that, that, that primal need to keep doing something, Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, it's, it's also going, I can't, I, I couldn't deal with the fucking world without being able to laugh at it. Yeah. I, just, I just can't. And there are plenty of other people out there that feel the same way. And so comedy serves an actual beneficial purpose, mm-hmm. which which is a question Bo Burnham asks a lot, almost rhetorically. Um, to, through all his specials. Through all his specials. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's an answer to that. And the answer is, God damn it, we've got to be able to laugh because this world is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay for you to for you to do that. And that's that song asking that question is important but we all ask that we all yeah. ask can i can i laugh right now can i can i find find humor in this yeah well, shit okay. are you really joking at a time like this yeah. yeah i do think it's funny that someone calls itself indulgent when it's written directed filmed edited by and starring one guy yeah uh, yeah that's what that is like i yeah. mean it's no it's it's gonna be about something else you know like it just it's, it's a weird and like, it's not like it's not something he hasn't addressed several times before yeah and the song art is dead he talks all about like how he is addicted to attention he even says uh entertainers like to seem complex complicated but we're not complicated yeah. and it's just like I'll, he, yeah he likens himself to uh like have you ever been to a, a child's birthday party and there's just one kid that's being a fucking prick that needs everyone's attention it's like sometimes that kid grows up and never grows out of that and that is what actors are and comics <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, and comics yep. like um He's like, how can I think, like, I, I must be deluded to think that I'm worthy of all this yeah. attention. Like, you work hard for your money, 
and then you give it to me and I don't do anything. Uh, I mean, this I do nothing for uh, it. My drug's attention. I'm an addict and I get paid to indulge in my habit. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it's the ultimate in imposter syndrome almost. In, except he's not comparing himself to ever anybody else. He's just comparing himself to what the fuck else could you be doing with your money and your time? Yeah, I don't even think it's, I wouldn't even say that he has imposter syndrome because he knows he's very good and very funny. In fact, I would say that it's almost like a, like a, a, a distaste for the audience that they would waste their money on this yeah. not him but this like like and and comedy in general and going to shows and it's very that that distaste for the audience gets more apparent through the later specials not so much with inside uh because there isn't an audience for him to be like talking back to right or tricking he tricks the audience a lot into call and response things he has one of my favorite jokes of all time, which is, I say, hey, you say, ho, hey, oh, hey, oh. and that's how Hitler rose to power, <laughs> which is very accurate and also really funny, like, yeah. you know, and, and kind of also is illustrative of the nature of the power someone on stage has over the audience. You know, all he has to do is say, I say, hey, you say, ho, hey, and a bunch of people, like a hundred people are like, ho, and just without even thinking, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, it's in that in the song, goodbye. He, which I think is the like the the last song, song of the yeah. show. Yeah, he um, kind of talks about. There's a couple lines about, um, you know, next time I'll be on my couch and you can perform to to no applause, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like we can we can reverse those roles, and and you can be the person. You can see how easy it is to perform without anybody or any feedback or, or anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we, we've done that over this past year and we've uh, at least had each other, right? Like we've at yeah. least had the other yeah. vilifiers to give us a pity giggle yeah. you know, <laughs> with it's, a joke. They've heard 10,000 times. Still, that was fucking in me. That was, yeah. that was so important. For yeah. what we were doing. When we first started out though, it was incredibly fucking unnerving mm-hmm. to perform to, uh, to the abyss. Or when you have new material, if it's yeah. a new joke that not everyone has heard a bunch of times and maybe you don't get a laugh and you're like, I wonder if that's actually funny. I have a bunch of jokes. I'm not sure if they're funny. To be honest, I don't know. I haven't, because there's times where I have a, I'll tell a joke and the vilifiers don't laugh or they'll be like, yeah, that's okay. And I'll be like, fuck you. I think it's great. And I'll tell it on stage and it kills. And you just, you'll never know until you get like 60 to a hundred people in a room together who haven't heard it, who think that you're funny. Yeah. Yeah, When the, with the, the dregs, one of the things, and we are a weird music band. We really are. We're Mm -hmm. a weird band for, for the Renaissance festival Mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck. We are a weird band. And I'm always like. When we get when we get a song, when we're working on a song, I'm like, we're never going to get a song to better than fifty percent until we put it in front of people. Yep. Because we don't know how people are going to respond to it. We yep. don't know where they're going to respond to, to, to certain parts of the song. We don't know where to add the physicality, the humor to it until people are watching us. Yep. And I'm like, it will never be a hundred percent until we sing it in front of people. So let's just get it to the point that we can do it in front of people and then fix it. Like, what's the um, song with the claps? What song? Which song is that with the four claps that you scream at everybody? Because because I'm and that's that's what makes me think of that. Is I'm guessing so eventually people kept screwing it up enough that you put oh, yeah. in the song the bit where you're like, no, stop, stop, it's virgin no, surgeon. no, it's Virgin like, Surgeon. It's clap like, with when I say, yeah, they yep. fuck it up every time. Yep, yep. And it's like so you just. You I doubt you rehearsed in. that from the beginning. Right. That wasn't the you way didn't. you it's taught just, yourself it's just the, the way, song. It's just yeah. the way it, it happens and yep. it's organic. Yep. And it needs to happen in front of people. Yeah. And it's the same way with Ville. You can sit there and write a joke and be like, my God, this is fucking hilarious. Or 
Yeah. People are like, I don't know. And you're like, I feel like this is going to work if I can deliver it right. But until you deliver it in front of people, you just don't even know. Right. There's a point in Make Happy when uh, it, that they left in the special when someone in the audience, some chick in the audience is shouting stuff at him. And uh, I think it's like, I love you. And, and he's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You do not know me. And like, she says, "I love the idea of you." And he's like, "Okay, you know what? Like, I, you need this is not a this is not an interactive goddamn show. This is the culmination of a year of very hard work for me. So shut the fuck up and let me do it." And it's just like, and because it's like at first it's like, okay, you know, it's and you you I've seen other comics who would be like, "Oh, thank you," you know, or whatever. But he's just like, no. And you can really feel that it's like it's making it mad that someone thinks that they have the goddamn fucking audacity to shout out at a recorded mm. show is just like and that that uh, heckle led leads to one of my favorite Bo Burnham moment moments because shortly after that a guy in the audience says I love you and and people laugh at it and Bo Burnham's like ha ha it's funny because he's a guy but I'm a guy but they don't. <laughs> Yeah. And he just like points yeah. out the homophobia yeah. of thinking that's funny that yeah. when a guy says it. Yep. Uh, yep. Which I I absolutely love that yeah. moment. It's such a s- casual, unscripted. I hope. I think. I don't know. All right. You never so know. so all right. So specifically, the, like focusing on inside on yeah. Bo Burnham inside. What's your favorite song? What was your favorite? He's known for his songs. Uh, obviously, there were a lot of great bits, but like, what 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 song was your favorite? Uh, I liked White Lady's Instagram. White Woman's Instagram. White, white Woman's in, and and it's so not, good it, it, because of the video element. To oh my it. god! I mean, the video element to it is fucking hilarious. I was crying. I was literal it's tears. Just like you're watching the whole thing, going, "Yeah, that's that's literally right? it." Right. When he's got like the words written on his face, the, lighting the pumpkin candle in like the white turtleneck yeah. sweater, and like and like putting his hands up over his face, and putting like, the all flowers cute. on his eyes. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Like, it's every the, single the one. like manic smiling like yeah. at the light and yeah the the perfect like two hands wrapped around a cup of coffee you know like all mm-hmm. just just fucking yeah and and then just like is this heaven or is it a what it just gets in your head so <laughs> yeah. much uh, Nick what's your favorite song from inside uh, the way the world works with the one with, with the, the sock pu- puppet, with the sock puppet. Uh, because oh my God uh, uh, <laughs> that is how the world works <laughs> there's there's this the one verse where shit gets really fucking crazy with the sock puppet, which I'm gonna say really fucking crazy, but maybe what I mean actually is like really fucking true. Yeah, uh, a little bit too real uh, for some folks. Maybe we talks about like uh, the FBI killing Martin Luther King and how like private property is inherently theft, <laughs> and then every politician, every cop on the street protects the interests of the pedophilic corporate elite. Yeah, and just like it's just just like really fucking goes into it. And then in a funny but super dark way, he reinforces that by shutting the sock puppet up. Oh and my like God. and like it's that is a really dark and uncomfortable moment. That and, was that was dark as fuck. And honestly, that was when when Pat and I are watching the special and she's like, You're gonna do an episode about this, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, Yeah. Yeah, 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 we're gonna have to. It's so great. And then and then shut up, aren't you? They 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 get along and everything, they figure it out at the end, and then at the very end of the song, he rips the sock off and blah, blah, yeah. like makes the this the scream as it goes into its nothing between alive and dead. I know. It's just like it's yeah. just such a throwaway. Like he got used for the song and now he's uh-huh. discarded in a way that is very reinforcing the themes of the song. Yeah. 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 It was really great. 
my my favorite is it's hard to pick, but I'm I'm gonna go with that funny feeling, which is uh just just him on the guitar. Uh, but it's the one that's like, there it is again, that funny feeling. It's a lot like he used to, he had this song before that was I, called Ironic. That was a bunch of, you know, like, uh, I got my girlfriend pregnant on my sterile uncle's pullout couch. Like that's like, it's things like that. Right. Like very funny. Right. And that this was like that to me, but it was very sad. Like there's lines like, um, uh, uh, where is it? Uh, a, uh, a a gift shop at the gun range, a mass shooting at the mall, you know, uh, uh, obeying all the traffic laws in Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> uh, there's one that's uh, 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 the whole world at your fingertips, the ocean at your door. I really liked, mm, and yeah. and uh, then so then it ends with the hey, what can you say? We were overdue, but it'll be over soon. Just you wait, but it. It, it feels like what on, on the surface that he's talking about the pandemic, right? Hey, what can you say? We were overdue for like something like this, but it'll be over soon. But I don't think that's what it is. I think it's talking about like the world and like it will be over soon. I think it's more of a like the, you know, the whole like idea of like, I mean, the, the, the world may not be here in 10 to 15 years, right? We may just not have a livable planet and things like that. And it's just that very... It, it just it's funny and then it feels sad and then it feels like deeper and then funnier too and there's a lot of stuff in this where he talks about like he didn't think he was gonna live this long so I guess and, and he's like there's one there's one line in one of the songs where he's like well I never thought I'd make it to 30 but I guess I guess we'll I guess 40 we'll wait till 40 you know which certainly feels like he's saying I guess I thought I'd kill myself when I got to be 30 but I guess now that I'm at 30 let's see what 40 does yeah. you know and it just felt very it's sad and good and I I love it um the the line in that song about googling uh derealization and hating what you find yeah yeah uh, like just after yeah. talking about total disassociation is yeah, great yeah um uh so uh is there I will say, so how did you guys feel about the this special, unlike his other specials, had a bunch of not formed songs, like not complete songs. Uh, the two Bezos songs, the unpaid intern, which I have to think, it was a brilliant way to do the unpaid intern where he then does a reaction video to himself singing unpaid intern and then he does a reaction to the reaction and each reaction he's getting more into a downward spiral about how he hates his face just like, look at me. What am I fucking? I, is that the size of my chin? Like, oh my God, what, the, yeah. what is this? What am I even? Look, now I'm just saying some more bullshit, you know, like, and it, but the songs. That was fucking hilarious. Yeah, but the, but the songs then on the album are a little jarring because it's like, they're like 30 seconds long, right? right? And so then they just end because there isn't all the, the fun stuff that comes in the video. Uh, did any, did you, were any of those like that did you love? Were there any of those that you were like, oh, this, I don't understand why this is in here? <laughs> I, I like short attention span you don't um, say. <laughs> uh, comedy stuff, like little quick, you know, 15 minute or short throwaway yeah. joke stuff. Yeah. So I, I Steven really. Stephen Wright one liners. Yeah, yeah. I really like those little throwaway 30 second bits. The only thing I don't like about them is inevitably, you know, we'll, one of us will buy the Bo Burnham album mm-hmm. and 
those are tracks. Mm-hmm. And so like you were saying, like you'll be listening to music and then you'll get 30 seconds of Bezos Jeffrey too. Jeffrey Bezos, Jeffrey Bezos. And that's sometimes that's funny to break things up, but like yeah, eventually yeah. I got to like go through my iTunes library and be like, Do not don't, don't play yeah, this, don't play yeah, this, yeah. don't play this. And, and that's a minor inconvenience for something that I actually enjoy in the show, so I have a hard time complaining about it. Yeah, within the context of what he's producing, it makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I can understand why it doesn't work on the album. I don't have the album, so so it hasn't, it doesn't affect me in the same way. In the context of the show, I didn't find it jarring. I found it uh, I, I found it made sense. Yeah, I agree. In the show, I agree. It, it, it was, it was, it was. They would just end, and it would be like, "Oh my god, he just says no." He's just, <laughs> he's just like, "I got thirty seconds of a song, and then I just was like, fuck, this is dumb,' and just went on <laughs> to something else." But he left it in, like, uh, so visually, uh, did you have any moments from inside? Favorite moments uh, from what you were, what he was doing, like visually, and I will start just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Uh, for me, when he's sitting, it's it's toward the end. He's sitting uh, and he's wearing a white t-shirt, and on the white t-shirt, he is projecting old videos of himself. Oh yeah, uh, when he was 16 uh, from his like very first YouTube stuff, and there's also shots of him watching himself on a bigger projecting projecting screen, watching old footage of himself and looking, you know, and at the way he does toward the end, more grizzled and and kind of sunken. And he's we know he's gone past his 30th birthday and it's just very reflective and poignant. And I think it, it really underscores what's going on. Uh, other than what we talked about with the white woman's Instagram stuff, oh is there anything visually that you were like, oh my God, this is like really smart or this, I really like what he's doing here. Well, and I mentioned it earlier. I think the way that the, that the, the room progresses, mm-hmm. the way we see that, that the mess in his mind becomes a mess in the yes. room, which I think is something that is very common with people dealing with mental illness mm-hmm. is that, that that mess in their mind becomes a physical mess where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can really see, cause sometimes time moves backward and forward mm-hmm. a little bit. And so you can tell where you are in time by how the space looks. Yeah. And how in, he looks and how he yeah. looks. Yeah. And I think that's really cleverly done, obviously purposefully done, I obviously agree. designed, uh, and, and done superbly like everything he does every second is curated right yeah. and, right and yes yeah and, and in this case everything you see and he's able to do it more mm-hmm. because in a stage show he can't do a lot of the things yes. that he can do with this format yes yes so uh the song welcome to the internet which oh. i also really liked um the carnival and it it really big like needful things vibes oh, yeah. or um something wicked this way some, comes. yeah right the 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 little round glasses what's and his the... name the illustrated man from from yeah something wicked this way comes uh just the but needful things i think even more so and after thinking about it because it's like you know welcome to the internet we've got what you what you need mm-hmm. but you know it all comes at this horrible price right mm-hmm. that's the whole mm-hmm. needful things like like oh, everything is free, but you definitely pay a price. Oh my God, that the lines in that are so great. That's yeah. so well written, and 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 I agree. The way the song ramps up, if you're just listening to it, it's still really good. But the song ramps up, and he's got his camera set to a slow, tight 
tightening shot. Yeah. And so as the song gets faster and as the lyrics get a little darker and a little more crazy and intense, the the camera's drawing in closer mm-hmm. and closer and it, it just begins to feel more claustrophobic yeah, as fucking, everything speeds it's up. The fucking carousel and something wicked this way comes. Yeah, I really like there's one shot too, I just remembered where he's got um he's he's in a dark a completely dark room and he's holding a really bright white LED that he's he's using his arm to to go around himself. Oh yeah. And he's like dragging his arm around his body and head and it's lighting up his face and then behind him so the shadows are stretching out and he's doing it kind of in time to the music and it just looks really dramatic and cool. Yeah, he did a lot of really cool things with, you know, again, he does it all himself. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an impressive thing about this, the way he chooses different lighting effects for different for different songs for mm-hmm. different moments. And again, he had to design that all himself. He did. And, and, yep. And so he it, and in some ways, you're thinking about, okay, dudes, and, and again, I feel like this is part of how he creates a progression, that as he goes, he seems to be coming up with more complicated lighting stuff, more complicated yes. sound setups, and it's almost, I mean, to me, it's like the Bezos songs are, are a tie-through of like... As he's doing this, he's ordering shit from Amazon that he's getting delivered. Oh. He's like, "Let me see how this shit works." All yeah, right, this, this yeah. Works. This is pretty cool. Yeah, the the light thing that you're talking about, Molly, where he's dancing with that, is like a more refined and cleaner version of a thing he has done in in like a music video for one of his songs that he did before. Yeah, where he has uh like one of those party laser light things that project oh, yeah. the laser patterns on a wall. Yeah. And he's like dancing with two of those, one in each hand, like lighting up his own face. Yeah. And it's like, it's just like when I saw that video after watching inside, I was like, fuck, it's like the same thing he yep. did with those lights, but now it's, it's better. It's more refined. He's, he's honed those skills. It's so weird. Yeah. He, the, so the, the credits on Wikipedia are, he has directed by, written by, starring, cinematography, edited by, and music by. The only other person who's credited is is a producer. It's produced by Josh Sr. And I don't know what that means for Netflix. I'm guessing that's his Netflix contact. Probably. That's probably what that means. And then Netflix is the distributor. Uh, so very, very, very uh, self-indulgent. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's about as self-indulgent as you can be. Tim, have you seen the movie Eighth Grade? No. So, uh... Great, great movie. Yeah, about a, a young girl who's in eighth grade, and you know, struggling what with what it's like to be in eighth yeah, grade. Eighth grade sucks. Uh, it's written and directed by Bo Burnham. Okay, and it's really uh, good. And and the, it's yeah, just just fucking amazing. And then obviously he's in Promising Young Woman. Uh, if you haven't seen that, that's really great. Uh, like content and I think warning that's for that, big big like... time content warning for rape. But it is a very good uh, movie. And yeah. then he also did this thing uh, called uh, like a long time ago that was like Zach something's gonna be Zach famous. something's gonna be famous, which was this MTV show that I didn't so. remember until I saw clips from it. And then I'm like, oh my god, right, I remember this. Yeah. Like that was like they gave him a show at 16 or 17 on yeah, MTV and he yeah. had one season of it, and it's about him, this kid teenager who has decided he's going to be famous he hasn't decided what he's going to be famous for and each episode is him figuring out if he's going to make a sex tape or be a pop star or in one episode he basically discovers that he figures out that like people just love to hear the hook of a song and more or less invents tiktok yeah yeah years before tiktok's a thing yeah 
Uh, all right, so that was our talk about Bo Burnham's Inside. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please let us know if you, if you've been. I mean, I know people have been fans of him a long time, and he's got a lot of diehard fans. If you have other things, what are your favorite songs? What are your favorite bits he's ever done? Uh, or if you hate him, tell me why. I would love to know yeah. why. Any, I don't understand how anyone could ever hate Bo Burnham, but I'm sure people do. I hope so, you enjoyed our self-indulgent yes, conversation yes. about his special. Well, if they're listening to this podcast, they love self-indulgence. They should. <laughs> they fucking I mean, better. They love our self-indulgence, not their own. I mean, right. Maybe that's how they indulge themselves, is by listening to us blowhards. Uh, but we have five questions. Hey. Hey. And we have five questions from patron Cole. Yay, Cole. Yeah, Cole's back. So she says, uh, I hope you're all enjoying being able to see people again now that everyone's people are mostly vaccinated. I know I am. Good for you. So she has uh, her questions have her answers as well. So I'll read you the whole thing. Uh, Sometimes the question's at the end. Sometimes it's at the start. Oh. So we'll see. All right, question one. I started my job in July of 2020. I wore a mask to the interview and had to wear a mask to work every day for 10 months. Now, my brain is having a giant disconnect between what I thought the bottom half of my coworkers' faces looked like versus what my eyes now see every day. Have you experienced anything similar now that the mask mandates have been dropped? Any kind of weird disconnect with the mask mandates being dropped? Uh, Not with the masks, but I I, I greatly sympathize with a similar situation I've had because uh, I work remote. I I was working remote before the pandemic. Uh, Recently, there's been some changes at my work and I've had to be in a couple meetings with some like higher management people and higher management people and salespeople are the only people that use their cameras at work for Mm -hmm. web stuff. So for the first time ever, like a week ago, I'm in a meeting with like a director and like a vice president and a couple of managers and they all have their cameras on. And I realized that I'm the only person without a camera on. And one of them was actually like, Nick, we don't care what your room looks like, like what's in their background or whatever, yeah, man. Like it's yeah. all good. Like I'm in my gym clothes, whatever, man. And like, I'm like, my laptop is closed on its dock. Like that's where the camera is. I, I literally mm-hmm. can't have my camera up. But like, there's been this expectation this whole time that I have never had to use a camera at work. And I know ne- all these people that I talk to all day long. I never. I don't have any idea what most of my coworkers look oh, like. Oh, that's weird. We uh, just just we have to work. We all have our cameras on like, in my in my a, work. So a coworker yeah. today found out that I'm six three, and he was like, "What?" <laughs> how wait Where do they see the beard <laughs> he's like yeah like well i guess company basketball game i'm i'm picking nick i'm like oh yeah, that was your it's first a really mistake. bad call yeah <laughs> height does not equal skill yeah uh you know i don't i i because of what i do you know i'm a delivery driver but for me it's it the weirdest thing is um i still we're still expected to wear a mask at work, which I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with. Not, not an issue, you know, but I'll walk in, I'll walk into a customer and the customers don't, nobody's wearing masks anymore. Now it doesn't bother me. Right. I mean, they should be vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But there is that, that feeling of like, well, should I even be fucking wearing a mask? I feel like, I feel like I'm, yeah. and, and I mean, I've had people say, you know, like, Oh, do you want me to put on a mask? I'm like, no, I just yeah, have, yeah. I have to wear it. Cause it's my job because right. this is company yeah. policy. policy. You know, you're cool, man. But uh, that has been a difficult thing to adjust to, to just kind of adjust to the fact that I'm the only person in the room wearing a mask yeah, yeah. and that's okay. Cause it's my fucking job and yeah. that's what I got to do. 
Uh, for me, it is, uh, so I have a really strong sense of smell, and now that my mask is off and everyone else's masks are off, I can smell everyone's breath again. Huh. And I'd forgotten how much I didn't like smelling everyone's breath all the time, but here we are. That's where we're at. It's fine. I was at a, a thing for work today with a bunch of people, and a bunch of people went and got sandwiches all full of, you know, onions and peppers and stuff, and every time one of them turned to me to talk, I was just like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> I, I just I haven't had to deal with it. For I'm a sorry long you're time. sitting directly across from me, Molly. I'm sorry. I do brush, I swear to God. <laughs> All right. Uh, question two. Not to God, though. I, <laughs> I just swear. You just swear a lot. Fuck, shit, question damn. Two. You're playing DD, but there are already two of your favorite chosen class in the party. There are two bards? Yeah. What? Yeah. So what's your second favorite class to play? I, Cole, I'm always a rogue, but when I can't be a rogue, I go with barbarian. So what's your favorite, what's your second favorite class? I literally really enjoy playing every single class except for Druid. So what's the second favorite that you would play? Druid, I guess. Because I I like, because like, it's all about, you know, the character. I think the race class combo is definitely a factor. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I think, yeah, Druids are just, I've never really... I don't know, man. You can turn into an animal sometimes. Great. The animals have shit stats. Like it's not, it's never, and it's never really a, 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 something, a character mm-hmm. that I'm enthusiastic about. Cause I would rather play urban fantasy D and D than, than super, uh, forested. Yeah. D and D. And so druids kind of out of place and sure you could be an urban druid who has a raccoon companion or something like that, but it's just not my cup of tea, but Mm. I'm sure I would have fun nonetheless. What about you, Tim? Uh, I mean, everybody says I'm a bard, but I don't actually, I don't play bards all that much. Um, I, I, I tend to play like uh, I like I like fighter magic users or fighter clerics, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I I enjoy rangers a lot. No, so yeah, yep. so I don't get, but I don't play them hardly ever. So I sure. guess that's probably what I'd play, even though you know, again, doesn't work so well in urban fantasy. Except it kind of does. A ranger is is like a a druid that you can actually play in a city. Yeah, and and, yep. can, and, and has skills yep. that are applicable. I mean, a ranger who's preferred target is you know humans who lives in the city that's just a private eye like bounty hunter <laughs> yeah bounty hunter kind of guy i uh, i would say my second favorite to play would be bard just because like i i enjoy actual like i like role playing playing and uh, uh, often to the chagrin of the people I play with because I like to actually like, get into it. But uh, I think that playing as a bard would be really fun. And I've already thought that it would be fun to play a dandelion-based character like oh, The Witcher. Sure. And make a, a bard who's very just like extremely positive and enthusiastic about like hyping up the barbarian. And like just like being like, I'm going to make you a star. Like yeah. I'm going to make it. Everyone's going to know your name. star through like, song. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Spread your do, legend. Normally I prefer to play either a rogue or a ranger generally yeah because i like to play like halflings and stuff and they're good at getting in places all right question three are you planning any vacations for this year or next year that you are super excited about we are heading to colorado springs this august and meeting up with my husband's siblings and their families and i can't wait colorado springs is great go for a walk in garden of the gods it's beautiful all right ironically 
Advice. Yeah. The Geeks yeah. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's a bad name, but it's a great place. Tim, what vacations are you planning this year or next year that you're super <laughs> excited about? I'm just going to go with you because I know you at least have several. I, I actually, uh, <laughs> yeah, a few days after we're recording this episode, I'll be back by the time it airs, I think. But uh, I am, my brother has some furniture that he's had stored in Minnesota for a while, and um, we determined that it will fit in my van. So I am uh, packing my van with his furniture and my two boys. We are driving. From Minnesota to Monterey, California. Oh, wow. We'll be driving down through Colorado and Arizona. We're visiting uh, four different national parks on the way, uh, three of which we've never been to, uh, including Black Canyon of the Gunnison and Death Valley in July, which is dumb, but it's probably going to be- It's been so hot there. It's probably going to be gorgeous, but we're never getting out of the car. It's like 130 or something? Yes. Yes, it is, but we're just driving through. It'll be fine. Um, and then we're going to spend a week in Monterey and San Francisco with my brother and his lovely wife. And then uh, on the way home, we're going north through Oregon. We're going to go to Crater Lake and uh, Yellowstone on the way home. That so awesome. it's going to be really cool. Uh, well, we are together. So yeah. uh, what vacations are, that we have coming up are you excited about? So uh, it's... It's my birthday on Friday, Woot. and to to get away without getting away, kind of, we are renting a little like Airbnb place in St. Paul that has like a pool and a jacuzzi and stuff, and it's like it's a house that has a pool. Yeah, 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 and it's not anything like super extravagant or um, crazy or much of a vacation really, but it is going to be nice to just you know like be somewhere else for a weekend and. In a pool. In a pool and do whatever we want. And yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm really excited about the 2022 June family reunion vacation that I'll be taking with my family. It's not a big family reunion. It's just like my mom's family. So my mom and her four kids and, and then our you know two spouses and my nibblings. And then uh, my mom has two brothers that we that we acknowledge, and uh, <laughs> they both have you know very small families. So it's basically going to be like it's like twenty people all together, and we get condos on the beach in Naples, and we it's just like they're literally on the beach. Like you walk out onto the sand, and there's the ocean, and it is great. And I cannot wait. And I miss my grandma, and I can't wait to see her. And uh, so just hang in there, Nana. Just gonna make it to June twenty twenty two. But yeah, I'm I've. This trip was supposed to happen in 2020, so yeah, uh, I am. I have been like really excited for it since like uh, basically July 2019. So yeah. it's, I feel like I've got. I've been getting significantly edged on this vacation. I'm going to come real hard when we finally get there. Oh my god! I, yeah. I, I'm changing mine to uh, Omega Con Fall. Oh, Omega yeah. Fall is going to be great uh, because that will be our first convention. Technically, it's a convention. Yep. Yeah, yep. Omega, and this is not super relevant to anything, but. Uh, Alex, my son, is, turned 21 last year, and he was super jazzed about the fact that he was old enough to go to OmegaCon oh, sure. because you can't go to oh. OmegaCon until you're old enough to drink. So yeah. he missed out on his is first- Is he just going to stay in your room? Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, he's lucky because you guys have the golden ticket for the big room, so we, he can just we do. He, yeah. You guys yeah. got he's got the space. Nice. Otherwise, he'd be schlepping his ass from the the comfort inn or whatever. He would be. He would be. Yeah. <laughs> There's he, still time to make him do that. I was gonna say, you want to give him the full the we full might, it's we your might brand new experience. That. Yeah. He's a 21 year old. He wants his own space. Little fuckers, lucky he's related to us. Exactly right. Like be like, you, you, no son of mine <laughs> gets to <laughs> gets to grift. <laughs> All right. Question four: Where is your favorite place for a weekend getaway? I'm partial to Duluth. Two Harbors and Grand Marais. 
Hey, speaking of OmegaCon, Siren, it's Wisconsin. Favorite weekend the getaway. Lodge, it's, well, but oh, seriously, OmegaCon itself. Just, it is a great weekend to get away. Yeah, everybody's playing games, and I do play games, but that's not the biggest thing about the weekend for me. For for a lot, I mean, I spend more than a quarter of OmegaCon awake and in my room. Mm-hmm. But it's just nice to have the curtains mm-hmm. open and look out in the in the Wisconsin woods. Yeah, and, Siren, and Wisconsin's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yep. It's just it's a great place. Uh, Nick, favorite place for a weekend getaway? We don't do weekend getaways really because we have a dog. And yeah, it's like weekend getaways are basically when there's a convention we're going to, I guess, yeah. kind of. But um, I think didn't we like go to Chicago for a weekend? Once? We did. I for, recommend for, it. Yeah, for for Star Wars celebration. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah, it's actually a super fun time. Yeah, uh, Chicago is a decent drive from Minneapolis. You know, it's 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 six to seven hours depending on how fast you drive and how much traffic you hit. But you know, it's I think it's it's a nice drive. You get to see a lot of really very beautiful Wisconsin, which is good, and you don't have to stop in any of it, which is the, even better. Uh, <laughs> uh, Illinois recently made uh, marijuana recreationally legal. If that's a, a selling point, oh, that's interesting for a place to go. I'm with you, Cole. I like Duluth. Like I've wanted I've wanted to go up north uh, for a weekend for a long time. I think it's really great. We did that for uh, New Year's Eve one year with your with yeah. Nick's mom, and she, like rented a cabin. Uh, I like going up in the winter specifically, so I think we're going to do that this year and take the dog for sure. And I think she would have a, a, a goddamn blast. So, yeah. uh, question five: Have you tried any of Erin Kennedy's cheesecakes or tarts? I have purchased three cheesecakes from her, and they've all been phenomenal. Uh, yes. yes, we got a. We had. I asked her to make a, a New York vanilla cheesecake for us that wasn't too sweet, and it was amazing. Uh, very, very good. Literally Tim, have you? The best cheesecake I've ever I, made in my life. I wish I had, but yeah. I have not because she makes cheesecakes, and whilst I love cheesecakes, nobody else in my house loves cheesecakes. She also makes tarts. She makes fruit tarts. So, and, and whilst I love cheesecakes, I don't like tarts. Really, so. really, like look at that. I know they're beautiful, oh but gosh. I don't want them. They're too sweet. Fair enough. A, I bet if you told her that you thought it was too sweet, and can she make you a fruit tart that isn't that sweet? She well, would take I'm the sure challenge. she would, and yeah. I should have one because uh, yeah. they look beautiful. Just saying, if anyone, uh, it's it's if you're in the Twin Cities and you would like to try, uh, if you go to Facebook, search cheesecake uh, cheesecakes and tarts by Erin E R I N. Uh, she has a page. She is a uh, an amateur now. I would say professional on account of how she gets paid to do it by people. Yeah. But she, uh, uh, they are. I mean, it's amazing. I, I no exaggeration that. It is one of the best, if not the best, cheesecake I've ever tasted. So, really great. Uh, Cole also goes on to say uh, that if she counted right, this is her fifth set of five questions. Oh, yeah. And she says, if I can do it, so can you. Uh So, send in your questions to five questions at geeks.god.com uh we have i know i keep saying this so it sounds like i'm making it up but we still now do have another two in the hopper uh we got two more in this week after cole so we do have two left but we need people to send them in so cole sends her love and thank you so much cole yeah thanks Uh, cole nick do we have any new patreon supporters we do oh josh helton is a new uh two dollar patron so he's gonna get to listen to episodes early he just sent in some questions and too. he's he just really sent in like questions which means it. he's getting bumped to the top of the two the next two set person of five questions we read from a, a listener will be josh's questions thanks that's josh right. that's right all right uh thank you all so much for joining us in our talk about bo burnham's inside uh 
if there is one takeaway from this, I would say is that uh, if you are struggling with mental illness, I know that it's hard to find help right now. Things are very busy. There are a number of hotlines and things you can call. Honestly, uh, this sounds dumb, but Google free mental health help. And there are things that will pop up that can help. Uh, uh, don't let it just get shoved aside because it can get bad. So we've all been going through some shit and it's worth dealing with. Uh, you are worth fighting for. So thank you very much and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. So people think you're funny. How do we get those people's money? We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Need more Geeks Without God? Go to our website, read our blog posts, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. Social media! We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. You just do what you want. I am. You just do what you fucking want.